Are you guys ready to record this whole thing all over again? <laughs> I didn't care for it. I didn't buy it. That, that seems pretty ridiculous. I don't even want to think about the possibility of you having your dick out. Yikes. This is the most important thing in the universe. What happened to it? I, I, I don't know. I needed to suck in absolutely every moment of awesomeness. Yeah. Welcome back to another fun and festive episode of the Geek Legacy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender, and with me as always is Mr. Randy Van Dyke. How are you doing today? Oh, just peachy keen. Oh, you look peachy keen. You must be on vacation. Are you on vacation right now? I am on vacation. I'm on a week-long vacation. This is day one. I have not showered in 24 hours. <laughs> and I am just, I am living my best life right now. It's wonderful. I love it. Absolutely love it. And I love the other guy on the show, Mr. David Edmondson. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. I'm also on vacation, and so is the missus. And we've we've kind of had a domestic squabble. So I was going through my credit cards the other my credit card charges the other day, and I saw there was like a charge I didn't recognize. So, so I go to her and I say, "Hey, uh, do you know what this charge is?" She's like, "She's like, yeah, you know, I'm taking lessons because you always make fun of my cooking." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." And then I, I look a little further, and I'm in the description. It's like a, but these are for MMA classes. She's like, "That's right. You're never gonna make fun of my cooking ever again, asshole." <laughs> <laughs> I am doing fantastic, <laughs> Justin, because not only is today the day that Shadowlands drops for World of Warcraft, it is also the release of Ready Player 2, the book. I've already downloaded it because it's midnight on the East Coast, and as soon as we're done here, I'm going to read the shit out of that book. So I am amazing. How are you, Justin? I am fabulous. I'm the only one working these days. <laughs> uh, I got no complaints, though. I'm having a blast, and uh, I'm looking forward to the Thanksgiving and not... Spending time with anybody, just kind of making whatever I want. Don't have to host nobody, and it's gonna just be a a, a four day weekend of of binging movies and motion picture shows and maybe a couple of TV shows. I don't know. I, I I haven't planned that far ahead, but I'm playing video games and I'm watching movies, so I'm I got uh, nothing but good stuff to look forward to. Living the dream. Yes, I'm excited, and I hopped on your World of Warcraft there tonight. And I think it's remarkable that they went through all this trouble to make this story, and I'm just trying to skip through it as fast as I can because none of it means anything for another ten levels. <laughs> right, Isn't that yeah, I terrible? That's... I think that's so terrible of me. Where I'm just like, I don't care, I don't care. What do I gotta do? Who do I gotta kill? Point me in the right direction. Skipping, skipping, skipping. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people's problem is that they're just uh, they're like, I don't care about the story in this game. <laughs> like, yeah. it, like it's so far removed from like you know humans versus orcs and you know like the lore of Warcraft and it's. It's uh, essentially like like lore porn, like people who are just obsessed about like the abyssal plane and you know the ma and the jailer and stuff like that. But you know, I care more about stuff that happens on Azeroth. <laughs> you know, I care right. what's what, what's happening with with Thrall and Jaina. Are they or aren't they? You know, stuff like that. Um, but I have not uh, I have not partaken in the Shadowlands yet. Oh, yeah, I uh, started it after work, and I I'm like a bar away from the next level. Like fifty-one, it goes quick. It goes really, really quick. I don't know if it's going to slow down or what, but uh, I'm glad it's out. I'm just so busy because I've been playing Assassin's Creed as well. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm forty hours into it now, and it has been quite a journey. I was complaining about it a little bit on Pixelated, and just that I don't need a game to be sixty hours. I have a I have a game like that. I have a time sink with World of Warcraft, so. If I can just get to the story in like twenty hours or less, then that's that's gravy. I don't yeah. need 
I don't need a 300 hour journey. <laughs> I already got, I already got one of those. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's cool to have, you know, like the 20 hour, like main mission. And then if you want, there's all this side quest that'll give you, you know, 20 more hours of whatever. Uh, who are you playing in, uh, in Warcraft? Are you, are you, are you doing the Shaman? Are you doing the warrior? Oh man. I'm hunter? doing the hunter. Yeah. Hunter. I have, I have brought, uh, the Googs out of retirement and, uh, rocking and rolling. It's so easy. I'm already just face wrong shit. <laughs> Nothing can touch me. I'm like, man, this is easy. Um, you know, I, I I dusted off the the old boots a couple weeks ago. Got it to max level. Uh, last time I played my hunter was in uh, Panda, so 90 was its level. And wow. uh, so cleaned that up. Got to max level. Didn't take long. And then. Um, yeah, now I'm going full bore with, with the Hunter. Nice. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll get on sometime this week and, uh, see what I can do. I haven't played my Pally really in forever because he was my main. I got him max level and I'm like, ah, I'll level some more tunes. So jump on and do some fun stuff. Yeah. Well, Save cool. some souls. Are the, uh, is the story cool or is it? I couldn't you know, tell you. you. Skipping, through, but you skipping, get, like, skipping, and... skipping. Yeah, there's a couple cutscenes. Um, I think I mean like Jaina does something kind of cool and um, Anduin does something kind of cool and then uh, that Mograine, what's his name like Dar- Darian? Mm-hmm. The head of the Death Knights. Yeah, he does something kind of cute. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> there's some moments that are neat and all, but I'm mostly just skipping, skipping, skipping. That Jailer seems cool, but I mean it's. Just that that same big bad effect where okay this is what we're gonna have to deal with for the whole expansion and it's way too early to really care too much about him you know um, but uh, you know the last couple of games they've kind of upped the ante as far as setting the stakes of like what's at risk you know and and name people get killed pretty early and stuff like that and so uh, I'm glad to see that this is a little different because everybody's just kind of battling with this world (laughs) yeah i'm like all right whatever it's different when you know you lost the king or you lost you know vulgin or something like that and it had had an impact but now just the whole world like the 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 comet that was headed for earth (laughs) has has made it (laughs) so it's uh dealing with the fallout so it's a little bit more interesting i think the tidal wave is now destroying new york with taylioni and her father watching Right, right. So the preventative measures didn't work, and now we're dealing with the fallout, which I think is a little bit more interesting. I mean, we've all saved the world. How many times have we saved this world? A thousand times, right? And now it's a matter of we failed, and now we got to fix it. No matter how many times we saved this world, it just gets, keep, keeps getting itself in trouble. You just want to take it aside and say, you're a naughty world. You're a naughty world. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see. I mean, I'm excited. I'm I'm a, t- a tick too busy to, to to lay my hooks into it too much, but um, it's not exactly a race right now because uh, you know it's still a little glitchy. There's still things happening, so it's fine. I just have to be Assassin's Creed before Cyberpunk comes out on December 10th. If it comes so, out December 10th, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We'll see. They're already like clearing like the toys. <laughs> I was at Walmart or something. Like a week or so ago, and in the clearance section was the Cyberpunk '77 toys, and I'm like, this game isn't even out yet. Right. Well, I mean, you figure they probably came out a couple months ago, right? Because they yeah. were 
they were manufactured in, to be in conjunction with the game as original release, so shit happens. And then with, with no tie-in, it just kind of died on the vine. <laughs> right. I mean, we were talking about Wonder Woman last week where, you know, f- action figures were supposed to come out in the summertime, and now it's now it's coming out on Christmas, six months later. It's like, yeah, that's a long shelf life <laughs> for a toy. Mm-hmm. Six months? I don't think so. This, have they uh, been sitting on the shelf or were they delayed? Have they been sitting on, self- on the shelf I, since summer? I don't know, but I mean, I know that ours, like our SH figure arts, came out uh, in on schedule. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, too. I mean, especially considering, you know, arguably there's only one character you want from the move because <laughs> you I mean we don't know who about anything about cheetah we don't know anything about you know the uh you know the bad you know the machiavellian villain and we don't you know steve trevor i mean chris pine's cool but i don't know if i want an action figure of him i do oh i like yeah. chris pine i, I mean i don't want to i don't want to i don't want a wonder woman action figure of him i want just right. You want Captain Kirk, you don't want Steve Trevor. (laughs) Yeah, I want Casual Friday Chris Pine. That's what I want. Yeah. Like, he's, like, on set. (laughs) Who is the bad guy in Wonder Woman 1984, besides Uh, Cheetah? What's his name again? Not not Mastermind. As soon as you say it, it'll basically... Max Max Lord? There you go. You know, the guy who, like, grants wishes, basically. He's basically a genie. He's the Mandalorian. It's Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Pedro Pascal. Oh... Oh. A Donald Trump-esque character, he says. Oh. Well, there yeah, you they go. voted him out of office. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he should have been the winner. Did you watch uh, Narcos by chance? I never did. Oh, he was pretty good in that. Yeah, I heard that. I heard the good things. Yeah, and he was in that other movie, uh, Triple Frontier. Did you see that? Nope. The Netflix original? That was pretty cool. What about the Mandalorian? Yeah, with that, with that? Affleck and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, Affleck's a crazy person in that movie. Yeah. Is, is that the one where they're trying to uh, transport? Is it like treasure or something like that? Or uh, I think yeah, it's money ultimately money. because yeah. it's like some South American insert South American drug lord in this movie, and then they they go there and rob him. And they end up like crashing and having to try to like carry the shit or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they gotta carry it across the entire continent <laughs> to, to get to safety. It's it's brutal. But I mean yeah. the the lineup is cool. It's Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, uh Garrett Hundlin, and uh Pedro Pasquale. Yeah. Um, that was pretty but, good. I did I did end up seeing that, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Just showed up on Netflix. That's the thing about Netflix, is like they make these shows or these movies and you have no idea. You might have read a like a small blurb two years ago or something and then all of a sudden it just shows up and you're like hey what's hot right now or what's new it's so strange how we pay this subscription service and it's all just a mystery and things it's like a it's almost like a goodie bag where you turn on your your netflix and then all of a sudden there's this new show that you'd never even heard of before and it's asking a lot to to just give it a chance considering how many new shows that they're constantly pumping out Am I crazy? Is that is that a thing? Do you guys yeah, feel that way? You're like, what the hell is this show? <laughs> yeah, you're 100% right. And then it's funny that like they'll never tell you any about the, anything about the numbers, but then every so often, like like recently, they just said that The Queen's Gambit is their most watched you know, limited series of all time. They said like 65 million homes have watched you know, The Queen's Gambit. But you know, they, they, they rarely give us like data like that. So it's just the entire, the entire Netflix like, infrastructure and ecosystem is just 
very Weird. bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like we should have some kind of, especially since they keep upping the the cost. I feel like I have no say whatsoever. They're just telling me what I'm going to watch. And while I can respect that as as a consumer, and I don't know anything, and I just need to be told what to buy and what to watch, sometimes I just I want to know something. <laughs> At least have this illusion of control or or what to expect. Because uh, if there's nothing, if there's no like fall lineup or something, then what am I supposed to look forward to? Yeah, and I would love to see like consumption numbers on things. I'm, I'm just curious, like how many people watch this? How many people watch that? And how does that compare to like box office numbers and stuff like that? I mean, as a publicly traded company, the only thing they have to disclose is the number of subscribers because that's directly impacted by it. D- definitely correlates to their profit margin to where you know what an individual person is watching or how long they're watching the platform and stuff like that is just uh, you know data that they use, but it's not something they have to make public. So, right, yeah, it's just interesting. So, does it? So we we know how many subscribers they have. Like you can look that up, mm-hmm. and yeah, it'd be accurate information. Okay. I mean, it'll be it'll be accurate uh, up to through the quarter because they do quarterly reporting. Okay. Uh, Netflix has one hundred ninety five point two million uh, subscribers. Um, like I, worldwide, I, or in just the United States? I believe that's worldwide. Still pretty good. That's uh, that's nothing to uh to scoff at. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of money, man. Whew. I wonder what their cash flow is like. You know, like it, do they are they just writing checks and burning money? <laughs> no, I, I think they're still losing money. Man, that's because they're they're creating so much original content. You know, how do how do they stay open? I mean, I mean, same the way Amazon did. I mean, I think Netflix's goal was to just make sure they were the only game in town. But you know, now that you know HBO Max and Disney Plus have become legitimate, uh, and Hulu have become legitimate, um, you know, competitors. Uh, you know, I don't know. It could be rough days ahead for Netflix. I mean, they have the install base, um, but you know, if they keep increasing the price, and you know, Disney's gonna anything that's Disney or Fox is not going to go on Netflix anymore. It's all going to go Disney plus anything. Warner brothers is going to go on, uh, you know, HBO max, you know, if, you know, if, if Sony were to come out tomorrow or universal were to come out tomorrow and say like, Hey, we're going to start our own platform or something like that. You know, they would be in some deep shit. I mean, universal is trying to with Peacock, but I mean, they, they haven't, you know, they haven't, you know, mastered it yet. You know, if, if, if Peacock were to take off and become, you know, the, the universal NBC, not universal, I'm sorry, if the, the, the NBC, um, Telemundo type, type platform, then Netflix would be in some serious trouble. Right. No, that's crazy. Or maybe they'd oh. start bringing, giving us movies from the nineties. that we Right. <laughs> I know. God damn. I swear. I never even noticed it until you mentioned it like 10 episodes ago. And I was like, man, this shit's just never available. I ruined it for you. The only 90s movie that I ever see on streaming is like like late, late 90s, like Blade or Armageddon. I see stuff like that on, uh, you know, 98 and up. Saving Private Ryan. But anything from like earlier, it's hard. Armageddon, the mid 90s, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. But, oh well. Yeah, oh do? well. So. Did you guys check out The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 4, Chapter 12, The Siege? <laughs> Couldn't even get all that out without laughing. 
I know these these titles are getting longer and longer every week. Brutal. Um, yeah. Well, it had a lot to a lot to enjoy. There's a lot more imperial action in it, and I know David enjoys that. Oh, so much. So much. all imperial <laughs> all the time. I don't want to see anything else. I mean, I'm pretty much the same way with the Imperial action as far as that goes. It, it was kind of neat to see. Um, man, okay. How much did did Carl Weathers age from season one to season two? Because he went from having like this this black mustache to like this gray goatee um, in the couple weeks, I think, that it's supposed to have taken place between uh, season one and season two. Uh, it looks like he's been through some shit. <laughs> Maybe it's <laughs> just the stress of running to town. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. The stress of running the town because he's kind of like a little bit more of a. He's gone straight. He's gone legitimate. You know, um, you know, with his marshal there and everything, which is kind of cool. But um, I'm digging his season two outfit. In fact, uh, Mando Mondays, which was today, they just re- uh, revealed what the uh, vintage collection action figure of Grief Karga is going to look like, and he's sporting his season two uh, red and and black outfit. So he's looking kind of in charge, which I dig. Although I kind of like his mercenary outfit from season one, but yeah, it gave us, it gave us uh, a return of the Mithral, which is the blue fish character from the very first episode of the first season. Um, so it's kind of see cool to see that he was unfrozen from carbonite and put back to work. You know? <laughs> like a secretary. <laughs> yeah. Right. Totally. He's cooking the books, you know, um, which is, which is kind of neat. Uh, it was kind of fun to see him brought in in a larger role in this too. Uh, he actually kind of had something to do, even if it was just kind of providing the uh, the getaway car, such as it was. But um, which he lost, which he lost, which got smashed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We yeah. saw we saw a lot happening with the physics of repulsor lift vehicles in this episode. Because, oh man, when this so speeder bikes came out, that was yeah, and, and they're just like mountain biking down the side of the hill, uh, yeah. like a rocky, rocky cliff, and some of them are just like exploding and hitting stuff. And I'm like, wow, these really are no different than like bikes with tires and people just going off the side <laughs> of the hill. Totally. And the one guy looks back for the longest time ever. I'm like, dude, watch the road. What are you doing? Yeah. Haven't you seen Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Haven't you seen those assholes behind you that wrecked and they're falling all over the place? Dude, it's dangerous. It's like, bra, bra, dude, you totally ate it, bra. Yeah, drink some Mountain Dew. Extreme. But we're, we're, we're skipping over one of the things that we saw inside the Imperial facility, though. Um, what the hell was going on with, like, those cloning tubes? So it's definitely we saw we saw Doctor Pershing, which is the dude with glasses, and he's wearing the little outfit, very very similar to what Galen Erso wore when he was an Imperial scientist in Rogue One. Um, but they have the little uh, Camino cloning uh, symbol on the shoulder, and um, we didn't really see what happened other than uh, Mando let him go in season one, and we we kind of presumed that the client wouldn't be too happy and would have executed him, but he never really had the chance because apparently. Uh, here's a hologram from the guy, uh, and there's two cloners wearing basically the same outfits with the same emblem. They're going, oh, shit, let's destroy it, and they just start shooting the console just to, to wreck it, but uh, not enough to where they couldn't pull up that message to kind of tie things together. And in that hologram was mentioned M-Count, 
and the donor, which we know is, is Baby Yoda, it's the child, and the M count, uh, we get, they would be publicly ridiculed if they mentioned the word midichlorian, but if you just call it M count, all of a sudden, it's like, all right, well, that sounds better. I mean, we can get behind that instead of that midichlorian nonsense. Um, and then we saw these tubes with God knows what misshapen or unshapen forms inside of them. Um, you guys got any speculations what's in there? Mm-mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping just clones. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously they're clones, but like, uh, I'm hoping it's kind of like a throwback to like the original Timothy Zahn books, like uh, *Heir to the Empire*, *Dark Force Rising*, and uh, *Last Command*, uh, to where you know Thrawn was trying to cl- make clones because in the original canon, before you know Episode One and or Episode Two, you know, showed us what the clone army was. You know, it was always that the technology to create the clones was lost. And, you know, they, they weren't able to do it again. And so the Emperor had kind of figured out a way to, like, manipulate the Force and, I guess, his M count, so to speak, uh, to to be able to produce clones at an accelerated rate. And so it would just be kind of some cool fan service. Uh, the other thing I thought was that if, you know, it, it's clear that the Mandalorian does not want to pay homage to the sequel trilogy and wants to really pay more homage to the original trilogy, you know, it could be early testing for, you know, a clone of, you know, the, the Snow clones and the Emperor clones. But I think that's pretty unlikely based on the track record for the Mandalorian. Wow. Yeah. So we, we've actually seen Dr. Pershing. This is the third time that we've seen him. He was mm-hmm. in Chapter 1, Chapter 3. And then I don't think I knew this. Uh, he is actually a voice in the Clone Wars. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a uh, couple voices. He's got a credit for Creepy Amos, <laughs> Mandalorian Super Commando, and Cadet Amos. I guess it's two different versions of Amos, but okay. Yeah, yeah I knew we had seen him twice in the first season because we saw him in the very first episode, and then when Mando went to, he had second he thoughts back. about hand, handing yeah. Baby Yoda over. He went back and spared him, didn't kill the guy, because um, he seemed kind of sympathetic, like he was trying not to hurt or kill Baby Yoda, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mando lets him go, but I, I always assumed since he had failed his Imperial overlord that he would die at, at whether it was, um, the client's hands or, or somebody else higher up the food chain like Moff Gideon. But anyway, he survived, of course, I guess he's an integral part to whatever it is that they're doing. The science, (laughs) yeah, the the, the science behind whatever kind of cloning genetic, in, uh, yeah. Experiment they got going on. Well, because Amanda uh, was surprised he was still alive too. He's like, "Oh, that's an older coordinator." Like, "No, oh, it's from like a day ago." He's like, oh, "Yeah, he's dead." Yeah. yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, so Mando and I were on the same page there. You know, good minds. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, we got to see a lot of destruction, a lot of like Tie Fighters getting mowed down by essentially a troop transport. They made like a an Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade tank version of it, right? <laughs> Little side things were very much like the tank from Last Crusade, and I was kind of upset a little bit. On, on one hand, it's like a great opportunity to make a new toy, but on the other hand, I already have the troop transport version from season one, and even the concept art that they showed during the end credits showed that whole chase happening with the troop transport, not some sort of like imperial tank thing. So um, I'm like, man, I can't set that up in a diorama and feel good about myself because that's not the right type of vehicle. Right. <laughs> But oh, it was it was pretty cool. Um, I don't um, get why they didn't just fly above the canyon and then just shoot rocks in front of them to make it more treacherous. Like, why did they fly through the canyon? That's stupid. Yeah, just just create a uh, like an avalanche all around them. Yeah, that's, that's smart. That's that's good tactical thinking. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the Imperial pilots get that training. <laughs> no home. one's ever accused the the Imperial grunts of being smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not a lot of not a lot of free thought. Uh, I was really excited that uh, like the whole episode. I'm like, man, are they gonna double cross Mando? Are they gonna double cross Mando? And like, they really, really had at least for my, me personally, it was a real great sense of unease. Like, like, can he trust all of these? Can he trust these three people? And uh, I, I was excited that at the end, yes, you know, he was able to trust them. I think it's important that the man, the Mando has allies. Uh, and even though they were trying to misdirect us into thinking it was going to be a double cross, uh, I was happy to see that it was not. Right. I'm he's got you. friends. He got, he's got buddies. Right. It's a uh, hubba hubba hubba. Who can you trust? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm giving you free money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where is that? Um, I also, you know, as someone who's not been critical of, of, of the child, but, you know, kind of his, the luster was off the bloom. He, the child was just an utter delight this episode. Like every scene the child was in, I was just enthralled. When he's raising his hand when they're flying the razor crest, like the roller coaster, I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I love this thing all over again. Yeah, and then he finds the cookies. Um, they're like a, a, a combination between like Girl Scout cookies and those French macarons, which is I think yeah, the macarons. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, he just like vomits the blue vomit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it was adorable. Uh, I like when he put his hand, right when he when he um, put his hand out and he's sitting in class and he's like just. That's like this universal sign for, hey, give me some of your shit. And the kid's <laughs> like, eat a dick, dude. And give me nothing. I like that, too. That was great. Yeah. The next scene, the guy's like, hey, where's my cookie? And looks over. And yeah. <laughs> the child's just mowing through him. Yeah, that's pretty great. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, I just, you know, I I, I know we, we say it a lot about The Mandalorian. This one just kind of felt like, you know, Star Wars. Felt like that old classic Star Wars. We got... Some dog fighting with like the razor crest, you know, taking out the tie fighters and stuff like that. We got to see, you know, you know, even I, I 100% agree with Justin that it was it was silly piloting. They they uh, they they probably could have taken him out from from much farther away. But uh, that little like mini like trench run kind of homage was was really really fun. Um, and you know, it was just there was just so much going on. Even even I, and I'm even digging the, the the New Republic just like uh, just being like the, like. Highway Patrol, <laughs> yeah, right. taking statements. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they come off as bad guys, like a fuck the police kind of way. Um, and there was also the, um, the it's them, blast them, or there they are, blast them. Yeah. I forget what the line yeah. was, but uh, it was They've very had that reminiscent. Two episodes in a row now. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, hey, I know that line. That is such a Star Wars line. They just lifted. Yeah. It <laughs> it's the new <laughs> Roger Roger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty. If you great. watch any episode of the Clone Wars, you hear Roger Roger like eight times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I would take that over. I have a bad feeling about this. I I can't stand here. Every time I hear that line, it drives me nuts. Yeah, I like that they repaired the Razor Crest. I like that it's you know it's back up, back up and operational. It doesn't have all the Moon Cow shit all over it. And it's not it's not sputtering. It's it's ready. Mandalorian is now ready to go see Ahsoka, and right. we, sh- we shouldn't have any reason for delays. And I, uh, I'm really excited about what's to come, and that 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 end tease with Moff Gideon in front of all of the like the Dark Trooper projects and stuff like that. I think is just another way that Filoni and Favreau are just giving such amazing like fan service, but in a in a way that doesn't feel cheap. Like it, 
they weren't they didn't make some big deal of like oh these are the dark troopers they are blah 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 it was just something you saw in the background that moff gideon's working on that we may or may not see again you don't know right yeah and we only know it's a dark trooper because if you have the closed captions on it says like you know dark trooper grunting or whatever in the background so yeah um which we have previously only seen where in the video games right yeah like jedi outcast and jedi outcast, uh, dark force yeah. rising mm-hmm the um dark forces like, right not dark, dark forces, forces. Oh, yeah. sorry yeah i like the um the part when they were in the base and it was kind of reminiscent of a new hope where he's got to get across but he just decides to use his jetpack and fly up i thought that was kind of <laughs> oh. cool too and then that poor that poor stormtrooper lands in like the molten metally lava stuff holy shit and the other two just like watch him fall <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh i'm fucking sucks to be that guy yeah, but the, the the sound that it makes when they were turn when they were deactivating that was the same pa- sound effect as turning down the uh, tractor beam in the new house. Right, right. That's one of the cool things about Star Wars is just the sounds. Even when I heard the Tie Fighters just shoot their blasters uh, at the the transport, it's just so cool. Everything about the sound effects in Star Wars are like just so familiar. Even, it's so familiar. Yeah, the target. Yeah. Um, and and why are they always cranking dials in Tie Fighters? <laughs> It's the weirdest targeting system ever. They're like spinning knobs, like they have like a fucking transistor radio or something. It cracks me up. It was one decision that they made back in 1976, and they've been stuck with it ever since. <laughs> but I, and you know, it was something like George Lucas, like you know what would look cool if you started like turning these dials or something. Like that. And now, 40, 43 years later, John Favreau is like, "This is the dumbest shit ever." And George did it. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like every single one of them is struggling to open a bottle of Coke while they're driving with one hand, you know? <laughs> no, it's so funny. Like, you guys need a new targeting system, man. This shit just don't work. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool when when when, when Mando, you know, flew out of the, the lava pit and he just, like, picked off those two stormtroopers as he's flying off. Um, right. Yeah, just, it was just fun. It's a fun episode. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I like about the TIE Fighter... Uh, when it's firing, it's kind of like in like six sort of burst type of fire to where it shoots out multiple little green lasers. <laughs> it's never just yeah. like a pachoo pachoo. It's always like a kind of thing. <laughs> and I I like the way that that looks. I always think it looks cool. And the green looks so vibrant and awesome. And then, I mean, it's basically like a, a Luke Skywalker, you know, green lightsaber. It's the same kind of green. So it, it always just looks marvelous on my tv yeah it's almost like an old like nes game where you can only have so many like projectiles on the screen at once (laughs) yeah (laughs) like mario can only throw like two fireballs on screen at one time you know that's that's the tie fighters yeah and when in zelda when you go in that one room with like 12 different bad guys and then it just crawls and it doesn't work (laughs) too many sprites on screen yeah (laughs) um so you brought up an interesting point uh with filoni he is. He wrote and directed episode five that we get this week. Is that correct? Cur- yeah, yeah. Uh, Favreau wrote the episode we saw last week, and uh, Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers directed it. But yeah, Filoni is going to write and direct episode five. Nice title unknown. And there was there were rumors at one point that it was going to be like a fifty-six minute episode. It was going to be the longest episode ever. But those rumors have since been debunked. Um, and so I think the runtime is going to be more akin to like a 45 minute episode with credits. Oh. Which I mean, now, I, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, the, the links never concern me on these. They, they, they've proven that they can tell great stories in 30 minutes and great stories in 50 minutes. Sure. Do you think 
that Ahsoka Tano is going to be easy to find? Can he just roll up to like a 7-Eleven and be like, hey, I'm looking for Ahsoka Tano, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, she's right over here? Or is it going to be she's more in hiding and he's going to have to spend the whole episode looking for her and we get her for like five minutes? I think she's going to find him. Like, Ooh, I think like she, maybe she like feels, you know, the child in the force, you know, because I'm, I'm assuming where she's hiding is not a a uh, a large force sensitive popula- population. And so when someone with uh, such a high M count uh, shows up, I'm sure that uh, it'll get her little spidey senses tingling. But I think it'll definitely be a, a, a quick cameo. I think we'll see her for just a handful of minutes. Mm-hmm. What about you? What do you think? Me? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think I think less is more. I think, uh, especially if they plan on doing something remarkable with this character, I think that we should, you know, we've gotten, we've we've seen how cool her character is, um, you know, with the animated series, and if they're going to take this character to a whole nother level, I don't want to get spoiled with it too soon. And, like, I don't want her, like, I mean... It would be neat if she uses lightsabers and all, but I want—I don't even want that in this episode. I want it to be a more of a yeah, like a super mega episode where it's hit the fan and she's she's like, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back <laughs> in, kind of thing. And that would be her. that would be pretty amazing. I—I yeah. um, I think it's got to be an epic team up where, yeah, I agree. We're not going to see any kind of lightsaber action now, but she is at some point going to have to team up with the Night Owls and they're all going to go up against Moff Gideon to get to the Darksaber back. And to fight the Darksaber, she's got to use her lightsabers. That's when we're going to find out that, oh shit, he's not Force-trained or sensitive at all, and he's just going to be a wimp and a pushover to anybody with actual (laughs) Force powers. you know. Um, And then they they get the Darksaber back and give it to Bo-Katan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was gonna say we've never seen a lightsaber in the Mandalorian, but yeah, we have seen the dark saber. I forgot about. Yeah. That. Yeah. So I mean, it, lightsaber adjacent. <laughs> right. <laughs> a variation of the lightsaber. Sure. Yeah. And, and are, so are you under the impression, Randy? You think we'll see Ahsoka for more than one episode in this? It's not going to be like a like a Boba Fett type situation. Um, I'm really hoping it's not going to be because I, I have to imagine they've they're giving her something to do rather than just make an appearance and make everybody talk um so even if it's a two episode arc like we'll i I have a feeling we're gonna get a fair amount of her in episode five and then we won't see her again until like whatever the final push is at the end of the season like seven and eight like episodes seven and eight something like that kind of like how we didn't get introduced to moff gideon until episode seven of the previous season and then it was like all the shit went down in seven and eight. And, and I, I feel like that's going to be something similar where everybody's coming together that, that Mando helped or was around this season and they all come together to, to overcome Moff Gideon and whatever his plan is, or, or at least to get the dark saber back. I, that's, that's where I feel like it's going. I could totally be wrong. Are we thinking ocean's 11 style heist with Cobb would- and the owls and Ahsoka <laughs> I, I would love that. Oh, oh my god, I would love that. I'd love any excuse to bring uh, Cobb back into it as well. Um, but 
I, I'm, I'm thinking right now, and I'm having all sorts of crazy ideas. Like we're gonna have this big triumphant moment at the end of the of the season, where Moff Gideon is is uh, defeated or bested or killed or whatever. They get back the dark saber, and all is well. And then this giant star destroyer jumps in, and it's fucking Thrawn. Because if if Ahsoka's back. That means others from Rebels can be back. So I don't know, man. What about um, like some sort of Sith al- alkalite or, or you know some some dark force user? Doesn't in the cartoon like in Rebels? Wasn't there some bald fuck that was like chasing him around in the first couple episodes? In, and then, Inquisitors, yeah, basically. yeah, Inquisitors. That's what they're called. Yeah, they they were they were dark force acolytes. I guess is a good way to describe them. Um, that weren't really really trained up the way that that full-on sith were but they were sent out to kind of go rectify and go do the sith business mm-hmm. um that'd be so, kind of cool to see one of those in, the, in the, the, i i agree but i don't know if moff gideon is powerful enough to control somebody like that if he himself doesn't have any kind of force powers now again of course we don't know if he does or not but if he's just a dude in you know some cool looking armor (laughs) with a neat looking sword and and that's how he's commanding these troops and everything because they kind of they they he's almost almost reminiscent of darth vader and he's got cool armor and a nifty sword right Mm -hmm. so um but if he actually had somebody with that kind of power in his command, what would stop them from murdering him and taking over the empire? You know, right. so I, I can't believe he would have anybody more powerful near him. You know, which I I know kind of almost negates my my Thrawn idea, but I don't know. I have to imagine that there's somebody bigger that he he answers to. Sure, sure. but I mean, a lot of the important people were on that Death Star when it blew up, right? So he's. He's basically the substitute teacher that got the promotion to principal because he's and, and the highest-ranking guy. Is that what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Well, the designated <laughs> survivor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say it's a Battlestar Galactica situation with right. the president. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I know I, I'm the the asshole. Always brings up old Canada. Doesn't matter. But it, it's clear that Filoni and Favreau have reverence for that, and they, they, they do take a lot from it. Uh, you know, I don't think that Moff Gideon is in charge of the Empire. Like, I think Moff Gideon is in charge of, you know, the Outer Rim the outer sector, rim, yeah. you know, some form. He's he's basically a warlord. <laughs> I, I, I believe that in this in this universe that they've built in the Mandalorian, there is still an Empire. And, you know, that Empire, you know, is maybe splintered or fractured. Uh, but they just need a charismatic, blue-skinned leader to come and unite the forces. <laughs> yeah, like um, the chicken Avatar. Yeah, Zoe Saldano. No, you'd be yeah. fine. You'd, you'd be down for that. I love um, the Zoe Saldano. She's hot. So I mean, yeah. So I mean, uh, in that original Thrawn trilogy we mentioned earlier, you know, the at the at about seven years, which is almost the same time period that the Mandalorian takes place in, you know, the New Republic and the Empire are kind of like on even footing. You know, you know, they they yes, they had a crippling blow at the Battle of Endor, but the Empire still greatly outnumbered the the Rebellion slash New Republic. And it wasn't until, you know, it became apparent that while the New Republic had coalesced into like a unit, you know, the Empire was just grasping at straws, that there was no plan for it to survive past Palpatine. Um, And so it was just all these Imperial warlords squabbling. And so because they were just, they're just interested in holding on to small sectors of space, you know, the New Republic could come in and mop the floor with them without having to worry about their big brother two sectors over because, you know, 
fuck him. I don't care. You know, they see someone different. So I, I think, I think that once Moff Gideon is dispatched, you know, we're going to run into, you know, another Moff or another warlord or, you know, like you said, I would love to see Thrawn. There's, There's always, always a bigger fish. fish. <laughs> <laughs> that's you funny. said it, sister. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool, man. I um I I wouldn't even mind if if there's a this story is told and then there's a fast forward and we get to that sort of first order era. Yeah, if we go to, if we go that route, yeah, who knows? I mean, it does it doesn't have to be Mandalorian. We were talking about this last week where this story runs its course after whatever three four seasons and then there's a new series that we get to follow with all kinds of fun new characters that we get to fall in love with. So I'm okay with that too. Yeah, I, I don't. Th- I think that it's safe to say that I don't think it's the Mandalorian character that is the reason we love the Mandalorian. I think it is the people behind it. You know, the Favros, the Filonis. You know, even you know we've seen Bryce Dallas Howard direct two great episodes and stuff like that. You know, they've they've proven that for their reverence and their love for the same Star Wars that you know people fell in love with when they were kids and they could easily shift the focus of the show to something else. They'd obviously have to call it something different. If it's the Mandalorian, it's not it. They can't call it the Mandalorian. But, you know, I think that if the Mandalorian ended after two seasons, if all of a sudden at the end of this, Baby Yoda goes with Ahsoka and she's safe and that's the Mandalorian's journey and he just kind of rides off into the sunset to get a new bounty for, has a new bounty puck, uh, you know, I would be fine if, you know, as long as I knew that Favreau and Filoni were bringing something else back the following year. Sure. Would you guys be keen on... A show that gives a story from the Imperial side, where oh, we're following an Imperial, and would, he's new, <laughs> and <laughs> quite questioning his ethics and and dealing with the the crazy shit that is involved with that, and what comes with it, like what you yeah. sign up for when you join the Imperials. Absolutely, and I think that video games have done a real good job of mining that. You know, we have you know squadrons, which is great. You know, having these Imperial pilots. Um, also, oh man, what was the other game? It was another game where uh, you were... Fallen Order? No, it wasn't Fallen Order. It doesn't matter. There was another game, and then, um, uh, you know, uh, Force Unleashed. You know, we had the whole thing with, like, Jin, not Jin or so. Who was uh, something Eclipse? Uh, Juno Eclipse? Juno oh, Eclipse. Uh, that was Battlefield 2 or whatever. Or Battlefront 2. Wasn't Juno Eclipse in... She, she was Unleashed? also Force Unleashed, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, she was an Imperial officer, and, you know, it was obviously Starkiller was... <laughs> he was he was involved in the Empire and stuff like that, so uh, I think video games is mining mining that very well, and I would love to see something in live action as well, because I'm an Imperial guy. I was thinking of in Battlefront 2 the year on Endor when the Battlestar... Not the Battlestar, but Death when Star. the Battlestar Galactica blows up, <laughs> when, when the Death Star blows up... Um, and you got to figure out what you're going to do from there. Yeah. And she's got like the droid or something in her back. I got, she's got like a backpack yeah. droid. Yeah. Julian Eclipse is the, is the blonde lady. Yeah, with the short hair. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So yeah, I would love to see see more tales. And I'm cool if they want to stay in this time period, if they want to fast forward. I'm cool if they want to rewind. Like, how cool would it be to see like immediately after Endor just to see like just like what happens to the Empire just right after, right after the Death Star gets exploded. Yeah, and see, I think that's what Battlefront Two is trying to do, is show you that. So maybe if they've already done it in a game, they're not gonna tackle it. Like, just play the game, man. <laughs> <laughs> I 
They were like, EA Sports. It's in the game. <laughs> it's already happened. Uh, pull Ooh, over already. Now. <laughs> yeah. We need to go back to Kedinomoidia. That's where all the action is. <laughs> that is where all the action is. That's where all the droids are. Mm-hmm. But apparently that action uh, doesn't doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. It's often not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it really does make sense why everyone hates droids in this universe. I mean, it's only like 25 years removed from, like, droids trying to murder everybody. <laughs> right. You know, um, I, I don't... We were, we were talking about this not so long ago, too, with, like, the other timeline of even before, like, um, the Old Republic where... Sith had like a legit army and and a, and a navy and, and was a force to be reckoned with, and uh, I think that could also be a really cool time period to mine, just where there's just so much going on, huge armies, huge space battles. I don't think that the the budget is there, but uh, it could definitely be a fun time period to play with. Yeah, it's really I'm... expensive when you <laughs> when you have all those like in a in a Game of Thrones esque sort of environment where everyone's sort of vying for real estate and power, it could get pretty pretty dicey. Yeah, I mean, if they had something like that was way, way back in the day, you know, we're talking about like Nagasatao and, you know, Freedonad and all those, uh, like, ancient Sith Lords who were just, just did terrible, terrible things and, mm-hmm. you know, had fleets of, you know, acolytes and fleets of just, you know, they basically would just, sub, you know, they would subjugate worlds and those people would become Sith, you know, not in the sense that they were force wielders with lightsabers, but that, you know, they were part of the Sith Empire. And that is a, aside from like Knights of the Old Republic, you know, that's, that, that's really a, and uh, some comics that, that, that's a really unmined um, time period. You know, it's mostly just referential in, you know, modern, modern canon. So to right. see them in their prime would be amazing. Darth Bane. And we, and we don't have to look at any like, like for all these cool cameos and Easter eggs from stuff that we know, it could all be new, <laughs> right? Because we don't know anybody, right? That's I mean, aside from thing. like Revan and Malak, you know, they'd probably throw and they'd have to throw in, you know, something like that. But other than that, you know, a yeah. really, really old Skywalker, right? <laughs> I uh, I just like all the old, like like all the concept art for some of those crazy old Sith lords and how just evil they looked, and we don't. We don't really have any of that. It was always cool in comic books and video games, but in movies we had, you know, Darth Vader and the Emperor and then the guy without the shirt for a while. And I don't know. It's, it's not enough. Yeah. How, it, Cat, it, how, Cat, Darth Bane, was that the one without the shirt? No, I was talking about uh, Adam Driver. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> shirtless dude. But, like, um, I mean, I just really dig that scary menacing look and we had that with maul but it wasn't until recently that we got more of him you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i mean and a sith army would be comprised of like hundreds of darth Mauls. i mean right and that's just cool yeah just to see like a like a braveheart level battle of just siths and jedi just going at each other yeah exactly now we're talking not just killing insects like uh genosha or whatever that planet was called um, Geonosis? Geonosis, yeah. Where they're just killing insects. That's not cool. Right. That's how you get that's how you get that's how you get the PG rating. <laughs> I know. I know. I get it. And like same with the droids, just mowing through droids. Everything that their lightsaber touches just dies, so who cares? 
Yeah. But no, yeah, I mean, I I really like the idea of, you know, the older public, you know, even though, you know, it would be rare to have like a full, you know, Sith, hundreds of Sith, hundreds of Jedi battle, you know, you know, they usually travel in, you know, small groups of two to six, you know, to where you could have a six Jedi versus, you know, six Sith and, you know, all six Sith, six Sith would look, you know, completely different. You know, they don't have red lightsabers, but you have the double blade lightsaber, you know, throw in some sexy red Twi'leks. Mm hmm. I mean, I think it would be cool too. <laughs> I think it would be cool too if it was just like sort of a, a Seven Samurai or Magnificent Seven sort of story where there's help isn't coming. This is it. This is all we have, and yeah, they got to make a last stand. And I think that could be really cool. Yeah, definitely. It's it's not. Are you going to win? Are you going to lose? It's when you're going to lose. And, you know, you just kind of maybe uh, make time for refugees to escape or something like that. Right. Know? Like an yeah. Alamo type thing. Exactly. Remember the Alamo. People must, must, must have forgotten about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think that would be really cool, too. I mean, it would be sad, I guess, but uh, I think it would be neat. <laughs> yeah. in its own little star warsy way some like the legend of so and so that that mowed down a thousand guys and blah 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 yeah there's a there's a real cool uh again in the expanding universe sorry uh to where uh, jason solo needs to needs to accomplish a task and there are thousands of warriors of of this this alien race called yuzon vong headed towards them and there's this one jedi who spent like the last like 12 books just kind of being like unsure of himself gunner and uh, he just doesn't think he's a good enough jedi he's he feels like he's let everybody down and at this moment he this is the moment that he knows that he he needs to step up and so he has to guard this like hallway to where if someone's going to get past someone has to get past him to get to jason and he knows he has to give jason time and he basically just like holds the line and gives Jason that time and like ends up killing, you know, thousands of hundreds of these, if not thousands of these Yuzon Vong before he's eventually murdered. And it's cool because of this act, you know, like the Yuzon Vong start to like deify him. Like you believe this guy, you know, he held the door, blah, blah. And like eventually in their religion, he became like the person who held back like the gates of hell. So like when you died, you had to go through Gunner. I think it was like Gunner Rathar or something like that. You had to go through him to get to the afterlife and stuff like that. So wow. that was cool. That is cool. Hold, hold the line. I promise yeah. that'll be the last time I mention the expanded universe. <laughs> Shoot <laughs> Exactly. They tried. And they had ampistaffs, which were like living organisms. They were snakes. And, Ooh, uh, now they we're make, talking. They could make them whips or like staffs that could like actually like deflect lightsabers and stuff like that. So. I like it, like James Earl Jones it, with his with his snake arrows, and it did spit poison, Justin. Even better. <laughs> now we're talking. I need my acid spitting lightsabers. So far, this <laughs> is the closest it's come. Can you imagine just like this little reservoir? It's like clear green shit, like something Joker would have, and he just <laughs> presses a little button, and it's just like <laughs> just a little stream of acid. <laughs> That'd be so rad. <laughs> his face melts. He's like. Oh. I win, and it can have like two settings, like a, like a spray bottle with the the stream or the spray. <laughs> <laughs> you got to twist the nozzle. <laughs> yeah. Easy peasy. No, we're talking. Yeah, I mean, 
It can be done. Someone get on that. R&D. Get George Lucas on the phone. <laughs> this is a million dollar idea right there. Easy peasy. I'm giving you this gold. Just sitting there. Yep. Honestly. Uh, well, I'm excited. We'll see what happens. I, uh, I'm i curious if they do the less is more approach. And I am I hope she does something really, really cool to, to kind of have that wow factor for, for Mando so he knows that She's legit. She's a real McCoy, and you can trust her. Yeah. I mean, I'm under the impression she's only going to be in this episode, but it, it doesn't make a ton of sense, I guess. If, or, or maybe it's just decided that, like, she's not the one. She's not the Jedi. I'm not a Jedi. I can't take the child, but I can point you in the direction of other Jedi or something like that, because if she's going to take the child, you know, then that just kind of ends a big portion of the show. I mean, this right. season is all about him, like, finding the Jedi to hand over the child to her. If you were to find the Jedi and hand them over in Episode 5, it would... I don't know if, I don't know if that would work narratively. Unless he just misses them. Well, he has to go back for them. Right, like like in Lost, where they're trying to get off the island for three seasons, and they get off the island, and then they're trying, they're trying to get back to the island. <laughs> so maybe he's like, I want to get rid of the kid, and then he's going to have empty nest syndrome, and he's going to like, I need the kid back. So you know who I miss? That fucking kid. Yeah, there's vomit everywhere. And I think there should be a running gag where Mando just keeps finding, like, sea shell shit from the the Mon Calamari. <laughs> like, just, there should always be, like, a net or, like, a starfish or just something that just... There's always, there's always one more thing from the beach that you missed. Can't get rid of all this shit. <laughs> Gets everywhere. Goddamn Mon Cal's. Yeah. So, well, cool. Uh, is that it? Is that our show? I think so. Unless uh, you had any other, unless Randy had any other offsetting predictions. No, I mean I've already gone off the reservation as far as just random predictions. Anyway, uh, who knows really at this point where it's going to go? Um, but I, I'll tell you this though: I have this Pavlovian response now because we've we've been recording the show on Thursdays for the past few weeks, and so every week I would we would record the show and then I would go out, you know, and then watch Mandalorian almost immediately afterwards. And we're doing it on a different day, and now I have to wait three more days before I can watch <laughs> the show, and it's going to drive me absolutely nuts because here we are, we're we're talking about it, and I'm getting all excited about it, and damn it if I don't want to go see what episode five is going to be like, but maybe maybe I'm just going to go have to rewatch this episode, The Siege, um, and then of course I'll pick up like all these things that I wanted to talk about. Oh, you know what? You know what? Nobody noticed or nobody nobody mentioned, but the entire world on social media noticed the dude in jeans and a t-shirt oh, that was yeah. in the background of the one shot where they're like blasting their way down a hallway. Um, apparently it's, it's uh, cause I've, I, I've seen, it was not only in a shot in the, in the episode itself, but it was in their promotional photography, but it was so dark. Somebody had to have sat there and like raised, like lowered the contrast or raised the brightness to see like a shape in the shadows back there and people just went off and, and, and ran with it. And they, they designed like action figure packaging for like, I forget what his name is. Like some people call him like Jeff blue jeans or like, oh, wow. blue jeans or something like that. Or like all this, all this different shit just popped up on the, all these big action figure packages. But um, it, it's very much like the Starbucks cup in that episode of game of Thrones. Sure. Although I think, I mean, I didn't notice this guy. Yeah, me neither. I, I mean, the the cup was on the table. That's a, I think that's a little bit more of a gaffe than um, this guy. You know, high, he's doing his best not to be in the shot. 
Uh, and and for all we know, that wall ends right where he's standing. <laughs> Hollywood hocus pocus, right? If you can't if you can't see it, you don't build it, right? That's the rule. And so, for all we know, that's literally as far as he can go. But yeah, it's just one of those things. And I mean, you figure how many movies have some kind of fucking asshole standing in the background that's not supposed to be there. It is right. funny how everyone gets so like uppity about it. Like, ooh, you should pay more attention. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times I didn't notice something until after I took the photo, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to do that again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would have never noticed the guy unless someone, had, I don't know if it was Lacey or someone on social media posted about it. I was like, what? What's a jean? What's a guy in jeans? And then I Googled, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> right. Oh, that's great. And it just shows like the goodwill that Mandalorian has because you know people are like, yeah, that's kind of funny to where everyone was pissed at Game of Thrones, so they had a Starbucks cup, so they're like, I hate you, you ruined it. Right. Everyone gets so mad about the dumbest stuff. Such short fuses these days. Yeah. You gotta have long fuses so you can get away from it. That's how right. that's how fuses work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> you got time to deal with it. Yeah. Honestly. Be better. Be better. Well, cool. Uh, why don't you take us out, Dave? Well, thank you guys for joining us for a, an impromptu Mandalorian podcast. Uh, you know, we normally record on Thursdays, but that's going to be Thanksgiving, and we're all going to be busy uh, celebrating Turkey Day by ourselves. Uh, but we appreciate you guys joining us. Make sure you chat with us on social media at Geek Legacy and let us know what you thought about the Mandalorian. And uh, you know, you while you're there, you might as well listen to the other podcasts. I guess you know, Randy and I are on it, so you don't have the. Uh, the constant banality of expanded universe and razor crisp bullshit, but uh, they talk other cool stuff. Justin uh, chats with, uh, with Zachary about uh, movies in the Don't Be Crazy podcast, and uh, he chats with uh, Stephen K. James and about video games in the Pixelated podcast. So you can listen to all three of those at GeekLegacy.com or subscribe to them on your your podcast platform of choice. And so, until next time, you guys have a fantastic evening, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>